It's the morning after an extremely long night at the State House, and although I was observing remotely, I stayed up till about 2.30 in the morning to watch the action. Representative Tim Butler, he way outdid me, uh, finally rolling in home about 4 this morning, and on a few hours of sleep, it's still looking fresh and chipper as ever. He's in studio with us to recap this very long, strange end to the legislative session. Representative, thanks so much for your it's time. It's amazing what here. coffee can do for you, so well, glad to be here. We've got so much to talk about, but I want to start with the, the big one, which is the budget, which is now on its way to the right. governor after that temporary strange pause in the Senate where Senate President Harmon put a hold on it, but now has released it. Uh, and I know that uh, you voted against it. You and your Republican colleagues have a lot of complaints about it, but what what is it about this budget that uh, is, is most problematic to you? Well, I think I think there's there's several things you know certainly the process we always have concerns about the process when these things get dropped at the last minute i mean we are literally our staff is still going through the budget today trying to figure out exactly what is in there which is which is a concern i think there's some top level uh, concerns we had about uh, you know there's there's a legislative pay raise in there they doubled our district office allotments you know which uh, you know was is you know obviously those things never get discussed in advance and they get dropped in legislation i think that one of the bigger things is that you know we have concerns about the fact that um, there's a billion dollars in capital uh, projects that are in there. They're going strictly to Democratic districts and how that may align with with redistricting potentially. Now that's money from the American Rescue Plan, correct? Is that, that yeah? Those I, are, believe so. the, the, I believe so. What they call ARPA, ARPA. funds, yeah, uh, which no Republican on Capitol Hill voted for. Uh, is, is there any, anything you know in that that says, well, okay, your your party had no interest in even passing that plan. It was unanimous across the board voting against it. Why should you get a cut of the money now? Well, look, this isn't. Republican money or Democratic money. This is this is taxpayer money uh, that should be doled out appropriately. And but your the party fact, was philosophically fact, opposed to the, that entire the fact, package. The fact the fact that you know you're doing it into districts specifically for Democrats when we could be using it for other things. We could be refilling the coffers of the the unemployment trust fund, things like that. That's that's the real you know those are some of the big the big issues that that we have with it. I mean, look, we we have a budget in place now in Illinois that's forty two point six billion. Billion dollars again, the largest budget now in, in Illinois history, uh, with new spending programs. Uh, again, we're trying to go through and figure out everything that's in there. You know, we could have used this federal money in other ways uh, to maybe shore up other programs or, or maybe not expand programs. But you know, look, that's that's what the majority decides to do. That's how they decide to to uh, spend the money that's coming in the door. We're going to continue to have, I'm sure. Uh, budget issues going into the future. But, you know, we had an opportunity here, I think, to do things a little bit differently, especially with the federal money that's coming down the pike. But that's not the way it went. Let's talk about the Capital Township bill. Uh, sure. A big, long discussion on this last night in the House. And a longer discussion than we had on the budget, actually, yeah, the, which is which is true. another part of the problem. We had one speaker who got cut off on the budget, and we talked more about Capital Township than we did the budget. Well, and, le- and let me ask you about that, because that you're absolutely 100% correct about that. And, and I know that there's a, a lot of, about this process that just looks really awful and unseemly, but this is... Uh, Kind of how it's done every year. The budget always drops on the last day, uh, you know, and uh, we're always pushing right up to the wire on this. This isn't anything new. Everybody goes in pretty much knowing how this game gets played. Uh, Even if you'd had a day, a week to debate this, 
it wouldn't have changed anything, would it? Well, I think it's I think it's a fundamental flaw in the process. Uh, when and I don't care if it's Republicans in majorities in other states or Democrats in majorities in Illinois. Um, you know, we should have a better process that is more collaborative. So there is a process put in place for the budget, and we have budget negotiators on our side. Tom Demmer, uh, Representative Demmer from Dixon, is our lead negotiator, and he was involved in those discussions with with Leader Harris, Greg Harris, who's the main budgeteer for the Dems. And a week ago. We stopped getting invited to meetings, because, and that's happened year after year. You get in the process up to a point, and then the majority decides to just cut it off, and then so we don't know what's 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 in there. That that's the same thing for for the ethics reform. It's the same thing for many other things that happen that get you know we have discussions, kind of high level discussions, then we get cut out of the room, and then the Democrats drop it on us. So I mean that's this is this is a fundamental flaw I think of the system. But you know honestly. Uh, you know, I think it changes maybe if you get closer majorities, you know, like there's not such a wide disparity or until people decide this is how they want their legislators to function in a more rational faction, fashion than we do today. Representative Tim Butler is here with us in studio. Let's talk about Capital Township. Sure. You had a bill that got completely just squashed a few weeks back and uh, you made a lot of waves with <laughs> your very animated uh, reaction to that. Uh, then uh, last night was Senator Doris Turner's bill, which was the complete opposite direction. You wanted to have a referendum to allow Capital Township to merge fully with Sangamon County. County officials already do a lot of the legwork for Capital Township anyway. She would have created separately, independently elected Capital Township officers, only voted on by Capital Township residents, not by the entire county. Uh, You voted against that. Why should Capital Township residents have some of their fate and their leadership dictated by people who aren't residents of Capital Township? Well, first of all, we're not the only municipality in the state that has a setup that is that is like it's not the same setup, but that allows people to serve who are elected outside of, of those positions. And by the way, the people of Capital Township vote for uh, their their county clerk and their assessor, uh, super, excuse me, treasurer as well. So, but so do a me, lot of other people me, who don't live in the So let me, let me just, I mean, this is a very kind of arcane process. What we've had in place in Sangamon County, the, the, it's called Article 90 of the Township Code, that allows a relationship between Capital Township and, and the county. That's been in place for 120 years. Nobody has seemed to have a problem up until the last few years when we started really talking about consolidation. Under the current code, under the current code, and this was done, a bill that I supported under Governor Rauner, that Representative Yingling, a Democrat from Northern Illinois, put out there that the township can be consolidated into the municipality. This is what the mayor tried to do a few years ago. He has the ability to do that through the either through a vote of the city council to put a referendum on or a citizen-led initiative to put on. My my, what I wanted to have done was to have the ability for the Capital Township to have the same opportunity to go into count to the county if that's what they wanted to do. And that's what I would like to see done. What, what the legislation that was before us that Senator Turner and that Representative Shear decided to, to give over to a representative from Belleville to run the bill, um, that would completely sever the relationship between the county and the township, which means you would have a supervisor, you would have a, an assessor, you would have a clerk, maybe a road commissioner. I don't know. Those are positions when you look at a place like Peoria Township, which is a, which is a, which is a coterminous township, you have people that make hundred dollars to $120,000, I think, in those, in those positions. So I, I made the point on the floor last night, our tax rate in, in Capital Township is one of the lowest township rates in the state. I pay 27 bucks a year on my $150,000 North End home, and it's far lower than, than other townships in, in the county as well. The other thing is, you know, look, if, 
if the Democrats, if Senator Turner and Representative Scheer want to stand for expanding government and, and make it larger, then that's fine. Maybe, maybe they should just stand up and say that. If what they're doing is for political reasons to, quote unquote, which I've heard behind the scenes, quote unquote, build a bench for the Democrats, then maybe you should be honest about that. Or the other thing that I've heard, they can't find anybody to run for county clerk because to run for county clerk in Sangamon County, you have to have an assessor's license. Just like anybody else who runs for assessor, you have to have an assessor's license when you file your petition. So when Don Gray or Joe Alio when, or whoever you know has run for clerk, they've had that assessor's license. We don't have a problem on the Republican side finding candidates to fit that bill. It's not up to me, Tim Butler, to have the Democrats find. And if that's what, if that's what Senator Turner is really getting at, then be honest about it. Be open about it. And look, I, I think I think you know what happened last night was was that the bill did not pass. It did not get enough votes. It needed sixty votes. It got fifty two put up on the board, and that that's because I helped educate people across the aisle as to what the issue was, and I worked the issue as well. And I've built relationships across the aisle, especially with people who are who are Democrats who are concerned about consolidation as well. And I think that's what came in last night. Look, I'm I told. On the floor, I said, I, Senator Turner was in the House chamber for that debate last night. I looked at her and I said, I'm happy to work with you. And I'm on, and, and you know, a lot of people know me. I'm happy to work across the aisle to get something done. And I mean that. So let's, I'm happy to sit down and figure something out. But the, the way that that was done, where, where, first of all, Representative Scheer flat out was told untruths about my motivations, as well as, as well as she factually got wrong the referendum that was out there before the voters in Capital Township. Yeah. And and look, I I talked to both Senator Turner and Representative Shear about my legislation in advance of it ever coming to the House floor or anything like that. They never once picked up the phone and talked to me about their bill. And that's that's not how you work the process. You work in a collaborative fashion. And I think and I'm happy to try to do that moving forward. So we'll see where it goes. In your uh, uh, paper-throwing speech of a, of a few weeks back, you said this is a—you you pounded the table. This is an important issue for my constituents. I literally have never heard anybody ever, other than people like you running a bill or something, talk about the governance of Capital Township. They don't seem to have any idea what Capital Township does. They don't know who their Capital Township officials are. Why? Why? All why the, is that? Why do you, all, do you think the, this is a big deal? All the more reason why we should consolidate Capital Township because it is is a level of government that services the really the services that are supposed to be provided by the township, which is largely general assistance and assessors' jobs are done by other governmental entities. Now, I will say we had a we had a citizens efficiency commission in Sangamon County for many years. This is one of the issues that they consolidation is of of township governments and other things is one of the things they discussed including the elimination of the, of the township collectors, which is legislation that we passed with support of Representative Scheer a few years ago. And so, yeah, it's not something you think of top of mind, but it is something that certainly people have discussed. Why don't we just do away with townships entirely? Well, I think, I think this is the perfect example. Coterminous townships, were, which are contained in a municipality, which the services are carried out by... That's a great opportunity to look at consolidation. Now, other, other townships in the rural parts of the state, they provide different services. And I think that's how we have to evaluate. Your road commission who go out there and plow your roads uh, or, you know, on, on a snowy day, that they, they have an important function. But coterminous township, there's only 17 of them in the state. Those are ones we really got to take a look at and see if we can eliminate them. Uh, a couple other things I want to make sure we talk about before we let you go. Uh, one is the energy bill that mm-hmm. didn't happen last night, but now there's apparently new life in it again. And the Senate president, Don Harmon, a short time ago, sent out a statement saying that he was in agreement with the governor on a deal with Exelon. So that means some sort of subsidies for Exelon to keep nuke plants open. Uh, but also 
also as it relates to decarbonization, which is a very fancy word for shutting down coal-fired power plants or at least greatly restricting their use. That obviously affects Dalman 4, uh, City Water, Light, and Power here in Springfield with the concern that they could be forced to close down that generator before it's paid off so that local ratepayers would still be paying the bonds on that. But it wouldn't be generating electricity that we could then sell to recoup that money. Um, what do you know about this, and how likely is it we're going to be in that scenario here? Yeah, you know, energy is is an issue that I've really become passionate about. Uh, since I've walked in the door, I've been on the Energy Environment Committee. I'm on the Public Utilities Committee. And the reason I've gotten on those committees is because of CWLP and because of the unique nature my district has with wind, solar, next to a nuclear power plant, municipally. Uh, generated electricity co-ops, things like that. The decarbonization issue is a huge issue for downstate. We are a net importer of energy in downstate Illinois. People don't don't realize that. Uh, and that's because a lot of the coal-fired power plants have gone offline. We've spent immense resources, not only in Springfield with, with Dalman 4 a decade ago, which was a state-of-the-art clean coal technology under, under President Obama, but the prairie, prairie generating station down in southern Illinois, which is a similar facility to Dalman 4, um, that, those are state-of-the-art clean coal technologies that have been bonded out well into the 2040s so we can pay for them. So if these go offline in 2030 or 2035, it means that the taxpayers of, of uh, Springfield will be paying for Dalman 4, we won't be using it, and we'll also be paying for energy from other sources. So this is a real concern for me, the fact that we're going to be trying to uh, shut down um, coal-fired power plants immediately. When when these organ- when CWLP and Prairie, Prairie, would, Prairie Generating, which serves a lot of co-ops and a lot of municipalities in northern Illinois, Geneva, Naperville, so on, they, they get served by Prairie. Um, this is a real problem because because it's going to be a huge burden to the taxpayers to to continue to pay off these these bonds for these facilities. You're going to close the mine in Williamsville because that that coal goes to CWLP. And by the way, the biggest the the Menard Electrical Co-op, their biggest customer actually is the mine in Williamsville. So it's it's a whole web of things that are a problem. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people in the energy energy discussion and I've I've made this point to a lot of them they don't understand energy in downstate Illinois very well even though we generate a ton of it here in downstate Plus, we could wind up helping to underwrite some of the subsidies for Exelon for plants that they say aren't profitable. If they're not profitable, why are we propping them up? I think that's that's a great question. I mean, we I supported the Future Energy Jobs Act a, a few years ago, and that was largely to do with, with the Clinton nuclear power plant, which is right next door to my, my district, um, and the concerns that that was going to close. And what we've seen, I think, since then is that, uh, obviously, we've seen everything that's gone on with ComEd. Um, and then Exelon, which has been the generation side of that, you know, they have a we have we have the most nuclear power plants in Illinois, and I think if the market dictates, you know, you got to see what happens. But you know, I, I, for me, the bigger concerns are what's happened down in downstate Illinois and what's going to happen with the the, gen, the power that we generate around here. And look, I am all on board for renewables. I have I have a bunch of renewables in my district. I've been very supportive of it. But we got to if we're going to transition to renewables fully, we got to do it in a in a responsible way that makes sure that the lights are turned on every day and we're we're not kicking people out of jobs immediately that we make sure that there's a good transition for them. Representative, we are unfortunately already out of time. There's a lot more we could talk about, but I'm sure we'll talk again soon. And uh, you guys may be back in session before we know it, talking about energy and maybe a few other odds and ends left over. Absolutely. We always like when people are back in Springfield. So (laughs) We appreciate your time very much. You're welcome.